little kid named David beat this huge guy named Goliath. Anything else? No, not really. It's time for another episode of Catholicism with my kid. Did you just hit your head? Yeah. (laughs) I'm Kyle Hyman, and with me is Frank, almost nine years old. And what are we talking about today? David and Goliath, but I didn't read the story. I know you didn't read the story. So what do you know about the story? Little kid named David beat this huge guy named Goliath. Anything else? No, not really. (laughs) And see, I think that's a little bit of a problem with the story. We hear the story often told, a very short version of it. And it's funny how all these children's Bibles or children's coloring books of Bible stories almost always have David and Goliath in there. But not a whole lot of information about like what what does this mean what what's the application of this story how many lions did he kill how many bears no one knows how did you know he killed lions and bears because it said it in my book okay so you remember that part yeah i think that's an interesting part of the story so let me back up a little bit before we even get to david and goliath we get introduced to david so king saul is being tormented by an evil spirit it says this all comes from 1 Samuel. Now, I guess we'll start with chapter 16. talks about Saul being tormented by an evil spirit. And so they decide what he needs is somebody to play the harp for him. And that's going to fix it. And so somebody suggests David, who is one of the sons of Jesse, and he's a skillful harpist. This is how they describe him. He's an able speaker. He's handsome, and the Lord is with him. So they go to get David, who is, where do you think he is? On the farm shepherding his sheep. How did you know that? That's exactly what he I read the book. You just said you hadn't read the story. I read it yesterday. Okay. All right, yeah, so he is taking care of the sheep. He's shepherding his flock. And they come and say, hey, would you come and play harp for King Saul? And he agrees to do that. So that's the first introduction to David. He's a shepherd who plays the harp, and he's good-looking. And that's about all we got. No one ever says that about him. They say he's way Handsome. They said he's handsome. Okay, so chapter 17 is where we get into David and Goliath. And it involves a war or a fight between two different groups. Do you know the two groups? Israelites? Israelites, yeah. Begins with a PH. Philistine. The Philistines, yeah. So the Philistines and the Israelites. And chapter 17 starts the story with the Philistines on one hill, and then the Israelites on the opposite hill, and a valley in between them. So what they would do is, instead of having these two armies fight each other, and one army get obliterated, and the other one be badly injured and many people dead. Instead of doing that, they would send down a representative of each army down and have those two fight. And whoever won, their whole army would win and the other army would become slaves. Instead of losing any of your men, if you win, you keep all your men and you get all the slaves except for one person who died. So, 
especially to be an Israelite, you don't want to become a slave of the Philistines because they weren't good people. What happened to the harp? Did he ever play it? Well, he did for the king and it made him happy. Right now, the Philistines sent down Goliath, who was six and a half feet tall. Six and a half? Which at the time was probably even a bigger deal. Like we have big people today because we got a lot better nutrition and things probably. But six and a half feet tall, big guy, had a bronze helmet. He had armor weighing 5,000 shekels. He had a javelin. Doesn't sound like a huge one. So they say, choose somebody to come and fight Goliath, right? And nobody wants to do it. David shows up. Do you know why he was there? Because he killed lions and bears. No, he was not there as a soldier. He was there to bring food to his brothers. Ah, yeah, now (laughs) I remember. So they'd sent him with some bread and cheese. Why cheese? It's a good snack. And so he gets there and he said, hey, what's going on? And they explain that Goliath wants to fight somebody, but nobody's willing to fight him. So David says, I am at your service to go and fight this Philistine. But Saul says, you're only a youth. You look at Goliath, he's this big guy. David, a little guy. Goliath has all of this armor, all of this training. David has nothing except some loaves of bread and some cheese. Except he has training against lions and bears. And that's the key part of this story that I think a lot of people miss. He said, your servant, he's talking about himself, David saying, I used to tend my father's sheep. And whenever a lion or a bear came to carry off a sheep from the flock, I would go after it and attack it and rescue the prey from its mouth. He says, your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And so he's saying, I can certainly handle Goliath down there. But it's still not making sense to them. Like, how is this little guy going to beat this big guy? But nobody else is willing to do it. And you got to think that part of it is because, well, you don't want to lose and be defeated and to die in this battle. But also, if everybody else is going to become a slave because you didn't beat the competition, then how does that make you and your family feel that you blew it for all of these people, right? Nothing, so no, nobody you're wants to, dead. Well, yeah, but still, you, you don't want to be the one to put everybody into slavery. It wouldn't matter because they couldn't kill you because you'd be dead. Yeah, but you're... Already. What about your family? The well, other family didn't care because they just stood by and watched him. That's true. Okay, so Saul says, well, if you're going to go fight him, then you need to wear my armor. Saul's a big guy. Saul is the one that should have been fighting Goliath but is too chicken to do it. And so he starts taking off his armor to put on David, but it's way too big for David, and it's going to slow him down. It says he walked with difficulty. David said, I can't go in these because I've never tried them before. So he took them off. And he picks up five smooth stones. From the river. And he takes a sling with him. Isn't it like a headband that he just whips around and throws it? Yeah, so a sling... Uh, they call it a shepherd's sling, if you look it up online or something like that. And it had a little pocket for the rock to go in, and then two long cords on either side. You swing it around whenever you release one of the cords, there's a little knot in it, you just let go of the knot, then the rock goes flying. And by swinging it, if you have you know a three, four foot 
sling, it can get going really fast, much faster than you could throw it, okay? And so the key here, I think, is that Goliath is preparing for a hand-to-hand combat. He's expecting somebody to come and fight him close up. And David isn't even going to put on armor because he's not going to get close enough for Goliath to even get to him. David is using the skills that he has as a shepherd. If you imagine, if you're out, you take your sheep out to a field so they can eat, they can graze in the prairie, right? And you're just sitting there. You have nothing to do all day except practice your harp and practice your sling skills. The point is that he was thinking differently than anybody else. Everybody was thinking, how are we going to beat this guy? I'm not as strong as him, so he's going to win. David is thinking, I'm not even going to get close to him. Like, it doesn't matter. I can beat him from a distance. And I think a lot of times we think of this as being a miracle story, that this little guy beat the big guy, and it was because God performed a miracle. But I think in reality, yes, God was with him. It says that multiple times here in the Bible, that God was with David. He was a holy person. He was praying. He, he knew God. He loved God. But also, he had a skill that he had worked on, and he knew how to defeat Goliath. So when he beats Goliath, then the Israelites are free. They do not become slaves of the Philistines. So this is what I think the moral of the story is for a kid. This is not how do you defeat a bully? You hit him with a rock. This is not, that's not the moral of the story. The Philistines wanted to enslave the Israelites. But they didn't. All makes sense. But they didn't because David used skills that he had, skills that he had worked on to defend himself, to not be defeated by evil. And so whenever we have a temptation, whenever there's something that's bad that's happening, God gives us ways of conquering that. And sometimes it's skills that we have worked on in the past. And sometimes it's skills that we have to work on now. So if we work on different virtues, like being patient, being courageous, to work hard, to be modest, to be just, all of these different things, as we work on virtues, then whenever we're faced with temptations, we can be better prepared to fight the temptation. The analogy here is when we give in to temptation and we continue to do that, then eventually we become slaves to that sin. So whether it be bullying another person or cheating or going to websites and watching movies that we're not supposed to watch, these different temptations, as we give in to them, then we become slaves to them because we can't stop. It's like an addiction. We can be addicted to different types of sin, as well as people can be addicted to drugs or alcohol, smoking. Right? These are things that once you start doing them, sometimes some people have a very difficult time stopping. And sin is the same way. But God gives us everything that we need to overcome the sin. He gives us graces. He gives us the sacrament of confession, that we can get a clean start and start over new. And we can defeat the temptation so that we don't become a slave. 
So again, people can read about that in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. The story of David and Goliath. And I think there's a lot more to it than just one guy defeating another person. But it's the story of good winning over evil. And if we just give in, if we just forfeit and let evil win, then we become slaves to it. Okay? Yeah. All right. Any last words? No.